0: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and I'm excited to welcome Barry Stern to the program. He's the director of Partnership Success Europe for Freedom Pay. Barry, thank you so much for being here.
1: My pleasure, Taylor. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Today we are talking about the fast-paced and always-changing world of commerce platforms as a service. And just how much that world has changed over the last 10-plus years uh, has really been remarkable. And it's one of these things where um, there is so much always happening. Things are rapidly changing. If you aren't staying on the forefront, then you're going to end up being behind. And so Barry and I are going to talk today a little bit more about that. And Barry, you have 10-plus years of experience in this industry now how have you really seen technology come in and revolutionize this space
1: wow great great opening question tyler i appreciate it and at risk of showing my age i I have worked within the payments landscape for 10 plus years and as you rightly pointed out uh, if you're standing still you're you're really in trouble innovation is the name of the game and very often we see the whole payments landscape uh, as we used to know it becoming more and more complex, both for the merchant and also for the consumer as well. I think that's really a key point. Emerging payment trends, uh, ways to pay, different points of interaction across the consumer journey, frictionless checkout experiences, value-added applications that exist within the payment journey, you name it, it's all there today. and, And, you know, like I say, if you're not part of that rapidly changing ecosystem with, with key innovations, uh, you're missing a trick both for your customers and ultimately, you know, to, to reduce some of the complexity around the consumer experience.
0: Absolutely, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more to that end of just that need to always be innovating because you're you're totally right. Just uh, I think about you know ten years ago, you know no one was paying using their cell phones or anything like that, and now you've got Apple Pay, you have Google Pay. I think Samsung even has a a version of it. So you have all of these different payment methods, and things have changed so rapidly that if you're not one of these companies that's that's on the forefront, then then you're falling behind day by day because of how fast things move these days.
1: Absolutely, I think if we take a back a step further um, maybe 20 or 30 years prior to card payments being a thing it was really it, card payments was just a, a transactional granular business it was an exchange of data if you like it, it was a guarantee of funds for a cardholder to go into a, a store and be able to purchase goods or services and for that retailer then to have the confidence to say yes the funds for that goods or service are guaranteed and, and I can let this consumer leave my my building. Um, and really that was as simple as it was, a tiny packet of data that was transferred for an authorization uh, and a settlement of funds into the into the merchant's bank account. Fast forward 30 years to where we are today and and payments has become really an information business. Yes, Mm. there is a transactional exchange. There is a packet of data that that passes from the, the merchant through to the processor for authorization in simple terms. But build in that consumer journey, look at all the elements that exist around that, that process. You have typically an element of research, whether that be in lodgings, in food and beverage, in standard retail, in, in e-commerce. People will go online and, and try and you know decipher what it is, where they're going, what is the best route to where they're going to purchase, any sort of consumer feedback. Um, they will very often go back onto social and share their experience on various platforms. Something that today's retailers and merchants are, are you know, acutely aware of is the impact of what a share in social media can do, and believe it or not, this this feeds into the buying cycle as well, that, that purchasing journey. Very often there's a, a pillar there that's, that's fired up around groups or offers, groupons or offers, where discounts can be made available for loyal customers, or people who decide to shop in a certain area at a certain time can avail of loyalty rewards. Then the payment piece happens, right? So what we're all very used to, what where Freedom Pay would traditionally and other payment service providers would make their their bread and butter is just authorizing and settling that card transaction, and then to close the loop, you have again people, consumers sharing their experience online uh, in a feedback loop, whether that's on social media platforms or whatnot, and really that feeds back into the whole payment journey so we've gone from it being a really transactional granular you know one step process to nearly a five or six step process where information is really key and can be captured at each one of the points across that journey
0: yeah, and when you capture this information and, and you kind of take into account all of these different channels and avenues and everything like that, it, it's then possible to create um you know to, to have these insights into the wider picture of consumer behavior, and with that you can then improve what you're doing business wise, right? Once you understand a little bit more about that consumer journey, then you're able to interact a little bit more, and like you mentioned, maybe provide uh you know a coupon or something like that digitally that, that maybe you weren't doing. before. Before, and in the end, you're gaining customers, you're you're growing revenue, and that sort of thing because you have a better understanding of the entirety of the consumer journey.
1: Absolutely. Um, five years ago, multi-channel or omni-channel was, you know, the the utopia, the gateway to providing uh, a successful payments experience, both from a, from a retailer's point of view and also a consumer's point of view. We at Freedom Pay think you know the, the age of multi-channel and omnichannel is 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 long gone. Um, if you are just catering for consumers to be able to buy online and return in store, or vice versa, well then you're missing you know several different points of interaction along that consumer's journey where data can be assimilated to provide your our customers, the merchants, with with. Actionable data around who's buying what, what they're not buying, when they're buying it, across what s- specific payment interfaces are they buying it, when are they buying it, and, and you know, providing a whole plethora of detailed transactional information the whole way across that example. I'll give you an, a real-time example where bricks and mortar and online this the simple omni channel proposition just you know isn't isn't really what it needs to be catered for in the modern payment experience if you look at, if you look at a lodgings uh, or a hotel hospitality environment um, very often they will have upwards of 9 or 10 different what we would call points of interaction for consumers or card holders along their along their payments journey to interact with that business so me Barry Stern, the consumer. I'm I'm looking to to book a room within it within a hospitality environment. I could either pick up the phone to make a booking a booking over the phone. I could uh, connect via the internet via their their native online. Um, web store to make a reservation directly with their website i could indeed come in through one of their online travel agents as well so a third party designated channel for bookings to arrive into this into this hotelier they're just the three options that exist above property then i look at on property i'm in the premises so i have a, a what's called a property management system at the front desk i arrive there and my my, my details can be captured as a consumer there's there's card machines or pause in the F&B there is a retail environment and typically in a lot of different in a lot of different hospitality ecosystems you will have many retail environments you'll have a spa you could have a golf catering for golf clients you could have kiosks in the parking and um, you know you're very soon you're upwards of 10 different points of action interaction for a cardholder to interact with a with a business and if you're simply looking at that as above-line online e-com and face to face well then you're certainly missing a trick in my opinion
0: in this example let's say somebody is is not using freedom pay but they have all of these different points of interaction let's say they're even collecting data from these points of interaction I, I would guess then that, that part of the, the trouble for a lot of places is just data paralysis. If you're collecting all of this different data, but no have no ability to synthesize it into actionable, maybe bite-sized chunks that, that helps you understand a little bit more about that consumer journey, then you really are missing out on a large part of the picture then.
1: Yes, absolutely, Tyler. And, and this plays in, using that example of a hospitality environment, this will play into the you know, the, the big bugbear that seems to be prevailing uh, a lot of hospitality environments today, and that is one of loyalty. So at Freedom Pay, we have the ability to not only capture information at the point of sale around what that loyal customer is buying, where they're doing it, um, but we can also build out an analytical token of, of said consumer profile. And using my example, Barry, I arrive at, at the MGM resort. Uh, I check in and I'm I check in using my Amex card because I'm with business and I I always pay for my business trip with my Amex. If I've been in that MGM environment previously there will be an an anatomized element of a token associated with me as a consumer within the freedom pay environment, securely stored within our environment. And every time I use my Amex card across that environment, whether it to be buy a steak in the restaurant, whether it be to play nine holes of golf, of course, when I'm finished work, whether my wife takes my debit card and decides she's going to have a treatment in the spa, we can start building up a consumer profile of me and the cards associated associated with brand Barry uh, and start pushing meaningful um, meaningful rewards and offers to loyalty customers within that ecosystem. That does a couple of things. That helps MGM, as an example, increase conversion rates. It also helps them understand who their loyal loyalty customers really are and what their preferences are so there's no point in promoting an an offer to me as an mgm customer for you know 30 minutes free on the climbing wall when i've never been used the climbing wall before i've i've always played golf so so they can tailor their marketing their market targeted marketing with a lot more clarity around me as a consumer. We're increasing conversion rates. We're helping them understand who their customers are. We're driving up basket size as well and, and just providing a full end to end holistic view of who they're. Loyalty customers are within their environment. And that's something not a lot of people can do today.
0: And that's really going to help them get a better ROI on their marketing spend, right? Because if they're not uh, taking a bunch of time to market a bunch of things to you that they already know that you're not interested in, then they're able to more accurately target, okay, this is what Barry likes to do when he comes and stays with us. Let's make sure that we target our ads specifically to him with these things, as opposed to let's tell Barry all about all of these different things that we have going on that we already know he doesn't care about
1: 100% so it's a, it's a cyclical journey if you like as, as a paying customer and at the start of this journey when i when i register my card in the in the loyalty scheme you know i am making a secure payment that then through our single commerce platform allows freedom pay to build out business intelligence and analytics around me self self optimizing marketing campaigns around around their consumer spend and around you know what their customers are doing And then push that into our offers engine, which exists again within our single platform and build offers and loyalty and drive consumer traffic back to the payments piece. So we have what we call payments and incentives as a service. It really is a cyclical and modular approach that in the first instance is supported by secure card payments and switching but with analytics and insight we can help build out so much more around self-optimizing marketing campaigns and, and really push that end-to-end consumer journey.
0: So in an example like with MGM, you you guys uh, signed a partnership with them in 2017. How long did it take to have them kind of up and running and, and getting these insights and that sort of thing to go from, you know, in, in an example like this zero to fully implemented? Well,
1: good question. So so what do you what would we consider fully implemented we, we it is as i said it's a modular approach mm. so we are always adding pieces of innovation to the stack in terms of our f- full proposition but what i can say around their merchant assets so mgm have mobile assets they have e-commerce ass- assets they have third-party assets in terms of their online travel agents and they have POS and pms assets we were able to put a complete if you like a blanket layer of free and pay integrated assets over all their third-party payment applications. What that does then is allows us to plug different parts of our proposition into their environment. We start with our secure switching, so that's the authorized secure authorization and settlement of card transactions. Then we add wallet support, then we add consumer profile offers and segmentation. We'll then build out an identity engine in the background and a promotions engine to complement the identity engine. Underpinning this entire proposition will be an enterprise data warehouse where we consolidate the identity model and feed that back into MGM as as real-time live data about what's happening in their environment, not only from a payments point of view, but also from a consumer-centric loyalty proposition PO view as well.
0: And all this is done to, to kind of help view the, the customer interaction or the consumer interaction in a more holistic way, which I think is also a, a change in mindset. How have you seen, just in your interactions with different merchants, that change in mindset occurring? Do, do you think that people are still viewing things in more of an old-fashioned type of way, or, or maybe a, a way that we were thinking about things 10 years ago? H- has, have merchants caught up, basically, to the way of thinking like what you're talking about?
1: so that so some have i think if if we if we look at innovation as as an object right innovation to be successful innovation needs to resonate with two things it needs to resonate within the merchant environment it needs to have a a use case that the merchants say yeah this this is really this is really going to help me drive conversion or this is going to help my cardholders feel more secure on my platform whatever that innovation may be for the merchant it also needs to appeal to the cardholders right and we see most innovation is being driven by consumers that's what's adding to this complexity around the payment space you have something called alipay and wechat payout alternative payment methods that are well they're not really alternative uh, or upcoming payment methods now they're they're fully established alternative payment methods methods where qr codes for example can be used as as a form of payment we look at something such as uber within payments the uberization of payments is often referred to uber right we we would call out uber as not being particularly innovative it it really for anyone within payments it's a card on file and it's a geolocation that allows uber to understand the length of a journey equate that into a monetary metric and apply a recurring charge to that using a card on file right that's not innovation what is innovation in terms of what Uber have done is they have understood their consumer journey. They have understood that the frictionless payment element is something that will appeal to today's modern consumer. They have put a really slick front end. at, uh, You know, it, it's nearly it's nearly idiot proof for want of a better terms. You know, you can get in, you can you can click for your Uber. You mm-hmm. have you know one or two choices around what type of an Uber you want. Um, you can configure where you're going to be collected. Uh, next thing you know, your Uber arrives um, and preceding that, you are where you want to be. You get out, you have never presented a card, you've possibly never even engaged with the driver. Uh, as soon as you step out of that vehicle, then you have a receipt in your inbox stating you know, how much your trip cost you and you're on your way again as a consumer without putting your hand in your pocket really, only just to, to take your phone out and to uh, call up an Uber. So we would see that not quite, as innovation, but of understanding, really having insight into the consumer experience. And to answer your question, Tyler, yes, we are seeing progressive merchants understanding more and more that just to solve for Omni channel, above-premise, in-store or e-commerce isn't enough anymore. They, they need to understand the full consumer journey. How does that customer become familiar with them as a retailer before they're even in the store or before they're even on their website? And, and really, that's where we delight in helping merchants today is taking them on that consumer journey, reducing complexity uh, and, and increasing conversion rates in a compliant and secure manner.
0: Absolutely, so we talked at the beginning just about how much the world of payments has changed over the last 10 plus years. I wonder if you have a crystal ball and you look into it, where do you think it's going in the next 10 years? Do you think that innovation continues at the rate that it's been happening? Or do we hit a point where it's just improving on uh, on kind of the, the world that's already been built? And, and where, you do, where do you see further innovation uh, continuing?
1: So I don't have a crystal ball, but um, <laughs> I know what to ask for for Christmas. But um, look, I think if, again... The lessons of the future kind of need to be learned by looking back. Um, if we look at in the last in the last 12 months, there has been some multi-billion dollar acquisitions by enormous organizations within quote unquote the payment space, processors and acquirers. We we sort of refer to this as, as a technology deficit in some respects. So you have legacy payment technology. That is um, that is acquiring legacy payment technology to solve for emerging payment technologies and emerging payment trends. For me, that's that's not going to work because you're compounding the challenges on a specific platform you may have had by going out and buying another platform that, that potentially had the same challenges or will have the same challenges. If you look at what is happening, it, you know, from the emerging payment technology, we have. Facebook today, I read today, who their their virtual currency has been is at risk of being uh, further legislated for for not, not actually being given a money license to be able to go out and provide their virtual currency. You have Amazon Pay out there. You have you know the the, the stalwarts PayPal, Klarna etc. and and the emerging payment trends such as WeChat and Alipay. There is a friction that exists today with between the, the, the legacy payment technologies uh, and their consumers that exist on those platforms, and being able to solve for the, the the emerging payment technologies that are that are with us today. And I think innovation will suffer unless unless you know integrations are made a lot slicker and a lot interfaces are made a lot more consumer centric, and people really start solving for the for the pain points that exist today. Innovation can only move so quick. But let's look at the, let's look at the pain points we have today and try and fix for them first.
0: Absolutely. Barry Stern, the director of partnership success Europe for Freedom Pay. Barry, it's been a pleasure getting a chance to chat with you about this today.
1: Cheers, Taylor, you too.